0: To the EdTech Marketing Podcast, hosted by Mateo Elvira, a former tech sales rep turned digital marketer. If you're an EdTech organization struggling with how to leverage the power of digital marketing, then sign up for this weekly podcast that aims to help. Week by week, our featured guests will share their top tips that you can put into action today. Let's get started.
1: What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the EdTech Marketing Podcast. We have a super special guest for you today, Emily. Thompson, who is on the marketing team over at Interplay Learning, is with us. Excited to have her share a little bit more about the future of VR in education or using VR as a tool to train the the next workforce of trades and uh, training courses. So a little uh, context here, Interplay Learning is an online, on-demand, skilled trades training courses that is using the power of virtual reality to train um, whether that be young students or anyone who's looking to get a little bit more of like a technical background without having to put on your boots and go onto the roof or go into the mud and get your hands dirty, which is super cool. But Emily, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? Hey, yeah. Thank you so
0: much for having me on. Um, I'm doing well. Excited that, you know, we're about to ring in another new year. Hopefully this one, yes. knock on wood, will be a little more <laughs> headed in a positive direction. <laughs>
1: It will. It will. Definitely will. But Emily, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I know we connected on LinkedIn, but do you mind just giving us like a quick background about your experience in this realm of like virtual reality, what you guys are working on over at Interplay Learning? I think it's such a fascinating and, and such like a cutting edge idea.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I've been in demand generation or some form of demand generation for about seven years now, nice. um, which brought me to Interplay, where I actually head the entire demand generation team. Um, at Interplay, demand gen means content, campaigns, operations, advertising, kind of all of the like more traditional marketing tactics that bring people in. So that's what my team focuses on. And yeah, Interplay is doing some really exciting stuff. Um, VR is definitely one of the most exciting things that we're working on. Um, funny enough, you can actually access our simulations on a PC or laptop as well. Um, nice. So we like to keep it accessible to all, but VR is definitely where you're going to see all of the kind of um, bright, shiny objects and what makes uh, our product called Skill Mill so awesome. So mm-hmm. I think that VR is definitely on the precipice of greatness, um, just in an occupational um, use case. And I'm really excited to be a part of that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I actually found out about interplay through one of your TikToks, which I thought was really interesting. It was like, I forgot the context, but it was like nobody knows and it was like the kids running through the hallway, but it's like the idea was interesting cuz the field that you're in is is very like like trades, right? Like traditionally trades you've had to like go out to the fields or I don't know, like how do you even train for a career in plumbing without having to get your hands dirty and and now you work for a brand that's introducing a way to teach the next generation of tradesmen and women, but without having them to like be at a, such like a safety risk or get their hands too dirty or even just like trial that as a career. Could you like walk us through like, you know, the types of um, careers or backgrounds and, and how it works maybe a little bit more in detail?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you hit the nail on the head. Um, we do service all of the main trades. Um, which to us means HVAC or heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, um, plumbing, electrical. We have some brief solar content, although solar is definitely an area we could beef up a little bit. Um, and then we kind of package all of those things together to offer multi-family maintenance and facilities Mm. maintenance courses. So just for some general context, if you're working for a building, whether that be a residential building or a commercial building, um, they kind of expect their maintenance managers to be an HVAC person, a plumbing person, electrical person, almost like a janitorial staff member too. Um, So there's a lot of cross-training opportunities within our platform that makes them really well-rounded in all of those core competencies. Um, So our traditional business model is we sell directly to businesses. Um, we really love the kind of small to medium business space. Um, it's definitely the lifeblood of who we are, um, being able to offer a way for those small business owners to really start to build their own workforce and not rely so much on the traditional trade schools or the traditional, traditional apprenticeship model. Um, but we sell into schools directly. We actually work with trade schools um, who are offering you know that competency building within their programs. Um, and we sell direct to consumer as well. So we do offer our product at an individual level for anyone who's, you know, just graduating high school and unsure of what they're going to do next, wants to try all the trades, like you said. Um, career switchers is really big for us. So someone yeah. who's like worked in corporate for 20 years and then mm-hmm. is sick of it. And they're like, I want to get my hands dirty. Um, so that's really big for us. Um, you know, there's the entire kind of DIY market of homeowners who are like, I want to try and understand how to do this ourselves. Um, so yeah, really um, a multifaceted product that has a lot of use cases. Um, and for the first time ever, I'm like, I'm working for a software company that actually does something really great for you know the world um so can't speak highly enough about our product and i'm glad that you um you know mentioned how well rounded in the trades it is
1: yeah so i guess for context right like facebook um Oculus is a brand that is owned by Facebook. Facebook obviously recently changed their name to Meta. Uh, They're doubling down on their virtual reality products and just the ecosystem across the board. So this is something that one of the largest tech companies out there is really investing a lot of their future in. And here you guys are, um, you know, in 2021, 2022, uh, kind of leaning in that. Um, could you walk us through, like, maybe for those who may not be familiar, like, what is the Oculus? Like, what is VR, and and what is like the power and capability that this little headset can provide? Like, either organizations or also just like learning opportunities for students as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Meta is um, is. In talks with us. Um, there's no sort of official oh, cool. partnership or anything like that. But they're really interested in how Interplay kind of um, thought about creating an occupational use case for virtual reality. Because as they've been very outspoken about, um, they really think that that's going to be the future of the entire world, which is finding a way to incorporate virtual reality into our more traditional reality in every capacity. So socialization, gaming, working, um, you know, mental health. There's so many meditation apps out there. There's therapy apps out there. Um, really making um, some things that were not so broadly accessible accessible to all through the use of virtual reality. Um, so, yeah, they have conversations with us. They're really just trying to investigate, like, how did we think about this? What do we think the future is? What do we think there are other ways that virtual reality can apply to an occupational use case? Um, so it's been really cool to kind of understand their perspective on it, too. Um, and yes, uh, they did acquire Oculus a few years back, and Oculus has gone on to produce, I think they have now three types of headsets. They have the Rift, they have the Quest, and then the Quest 2. Um, what you see behind me is a Quest 2. It's my personal favorite. Um, and yeah, if you kind of look like, I don't know if you, um, have been like a long fan of VR, but if you remember back in the day, it might've even been Oculus. You used to like put your phone in a box and you put that box on your head. And then that was what virtual reality is. (laughs) And now it's just totally an immersive experience. I mean, to the point where I experience some uncanny Valley feelings from time to time, because it is so lifelike and you really feel captivated. Like you're in this environment, there's haptic responses on your, um, yeah. on your controllers. So you feel what you meet, what they want you to feel and within the applications, ours included. If you get electrocuted in our app, you actually feel the thing buzz, um, to remind you that if you oh, were wow. in the field, you would get electrocuted in no, real life. <laughs> really cool yeah. So it's really cool. And, um, the, the second part of that question, studies have actually shown that when you bring in an immersive aspect to a traditional learning program, so something like a trade school, when they're able to incorporate immersive on-demand learning that that student can um, access at any time of the day, within whatever their comfort hours or levels are, and then you incorporate that with a human connection, with like you know human led instruction, um, mentorship, mm. hands on learning, field training. Yeah. You actually are seeing an increase in. Um, knowledge retention. So they hear it and they actually retain that knowledge when they leave their program. Um, and competency. So they're actually noticing that students understand it faster when you're able to offer them an online on demand, um, way to learn. And especially when you make it cool and you make it game-like and you make it fun and um you know there's there's a high value reward for them doing it like they get to see all of their achievements and they finish this course and they get to do hands-on things. Um, it just has it's shown a lot of studies. There are a lot of studies that have shown how it is um, really changing the navigation for learning and making students understand concepts faster. And that's not just in the trades, that's in surgery, that's in nursing, that's in farming. It's in a lot of different areas that have already adopted more of an immersive learning program, Um, you know, long before the concept of VR being widely Mm -hmm. accessible was even a real thought.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy because I think I mentioned this earlier. I used to work at a service Titan, which is a it's an HVAC software for plumbers so i talked to a lot of plumbers on the phones cold calling them annoying them of course but some of the biggest feedback that they told us was like they didn't care to be sold about a software at certain times but their biggest pain point was like hiring or like Mm -hmm. do you know of anyone and so from what learned from that experience is that like training and hiring like that type of workforce is actually a huge pain point in that industry. And what you're saying is through VR, through your software, you're now making it accessible globally, internationally through the use of this technology. What's been some of the feedback from some of like the partners or, or companies that you partner with How has this helped their business or impact their business?
0: Yeah, so um, we have definitely seen positive return from the companies that we work for. Um, One of the things that's really um, widely talked about is recruiting and the skilled trades um, labor shortage. Um, so people are retiring faster than they're being replaced. Not enough people are interested in the trades. And that's for a few different reasons. Um, the number two reasons being a, the stigma that's attached to it. You know, you have Mike Rowe out yeah. there trying to advocate for dirty jobs, but then it kind of ends there. You don't hear too much about the blue collar mm-hmm. space. It's, um, notoriously kind of, um, you know, th- there's a very highbrow attitude associated where it's people yeah. look down on it. So there's a, there's a stigma attached that is absolutely. Though. Yeah, it is such a good profession and it it's so, such a falsified stigma that we really need to break. Um, and then the other the other main reason that people aren't looking at the trades is because they don't know how lucrative it is. Um, there's a lot of money to be made by working in the trades, but it's just not widely talked about. So people aren't, they don't know that they can make a lot of money. They don't know that they ha- can create a career path for themselves. Yeah. They hear, oh, I'm going to become an HVAC technician, and then that's going to be it for the next 40 years. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be an HVAC technician, which is also so not the case. But um, with those two things, it's been really hard for the skilled trades to find um, replacements for their kind of dying laborer and dying in a very metaphorical sense, not a literal sense. Um, But, you know, there's there's a massive group of people that are retiring over the next, you know, five to 10 years and they're just not being replaced by younger talent. Um, So what our software does is it creates, A, a kind of attractive recruiting technique where they can say, you know, your first six months, you're going to basically play video games with us. You know, they can show up at high school job fairs and they can say, look how cool this is. This is what our training program looks like. Why would you want to go to a four year exactly. school and just sit in lectures for four years when a we can get you making real money in six months and you're going to spend your first six months in video games like that's way more fun. Um, oh, yeah. So it definitely attracts that digital era is what we call them, you know. Um, there's the, the graduating classes right now. They've never not had technology. So they're very used to it. They're attracted to it. They want to work for employers who, you know, involve it in their businesses, which has not historically been the case for trades. Um, and then it also gives them upskilling opportunities and career advancements. So they can come in and they, they have interplay and maybe they're hiring a base level HVAC technician. But our program goes into even advanced level HVAC knowledge and offers cross-training opportunities. So maybe they're going to start and they're going to take, you know, the baseline HVAC courses. They're going to become a field technician mm-hmm. and then they can continue to advance their competencies through the program without having to invest in, you know, Really, um, expensive continuing education. Yeah. Um, and then maybe they also want to cross training into plumbing or electrical, um, to give themselves a, a career advancement. And then maybe even, you know, Bob, who owns Bob's heating and air, now it's Bob's heating, air and plumbing because he has so many HVAC techs that now understand the basics of plumbing that he can offer it as a business service. So they're making more money. Bob's making more money and it really overall um, results in some really positive remarks. Um, now that being said, those who have not partnered with us are still a little hesitant. Like you said, um, there's some tech adversity. Um, you know, there's still a, a kind of barrier to entry when you hear something like software or virtual reality. Um, especially still, virtual
1: reality. Yeah,
0: especially virtual reality. It's a little spooky. Um, and people are very cautious. Um, when we speak about the metaverse, you know, there's a famous book called Snow Crash where yeah. that exact concept went very poorly. Um, and so people have a natural kind of, um, have some risk aversion associated with it. Um, so we really like to offer, you know, comprehensive implementation. Um, we offer a ton of resources about, you know, this is just, it's just a headset that you put on your head that helps you do your job better and it doesn't have to go much further than that. Um, we try to, you know, kind of um, calm those nerves where possible because we really think that A, it is the future, and B, it it's something that shouldn't be feared and shouldn't instead be embraced.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now you mentioned like the core users are this like next generation of like digital savvy young professionals of course like they have a lot of options how has this impacted the way you market it and obviously like i found out about interplay on tiktok there's a huge audience of like young millennials gen z consuming content on this platform like um, f- through a demand generation lens like you know how is this impacted the way you, you market and brand interplay as like a service?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we actually, um, it's funny you ask that because, um, it's been something that we've been trying to figure out over the last, you know, 12 to 16 months. Um, it's, it's our biggest challenge, which is, Our product, our end users are these young, digital savvy people, but oftentimes our buyers are not. So we have to be approachable enough for the tech adverse buyer, but cool enough for the digital savvy end user. Um, and that's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, it's a good challenge to have because um, you know, that end user pool is so wide war- is so wide and so vast that um of course it's relatively easy to show them the value of the product. But we cannot, you know, rely on that end user pool to make all of those decisions. We do have to talk to the decision makers, the business owners, the maintenance managers, all of those things, the VPs of learning and development. Um, so it's definitely impacted what, how we have to think about marketing and what it's forced us into is a really well-rounded multi-channel approach. So we're on TikTok where we're a little more fun, where we have a little more personality, um, we're still figuring out TikTok, but we have some cool things planned for 22. Um, but that's where we're able to kind of, you know, show a little bit more personality, be a little more fun, speak a little more directly to the end user. Same thing goes for Instagram. You know, we're making reels. We're having fun. We're showing a little more personality. And then on things like Facebook and LinkedIn, you know, we're a little more business-related. We're a little more reserved. We're a little more conservative. We speak more directly to the value propositions of the product. Um, We speak more directly to those decision makers than we do in our, um, I would say, more end-user-focused platforms. Um, And then, of course, that doesn't end there. There's YouTube and Google and traditional advertising out of home, all of those things. So we really just have to be well-blended. We have to know when we can be um, pretty vague and when we have to be super granular with our messaging. Um, oftentimes, you know, at that tip top of the funnel, we can be a little more vague. We can speak to a wider audience. And then as we pull them through and we understand more about that person who we brought into our database, um, we're able to get a little more granular with our messaging to make sure that, you know, end users are seeing end user messaging and business managers are seeing business manager messaging. And it goes beyond there, too. I mean, we have... Um, multi-family business managers. We have enterprise business managers where we're working with like the nation's largest home improvement companies. Um, it really has forced us to just be really um, diligent to our messaging, our buyer personas, our profiles, our positioning, all of it.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you guys are on a good track and obviously VR is, is you know, really taking off. I think the Oculus Quest 2 is now like like $300 and it only should drop in price and become more accessible as time goes on. And it seems like you guys are firing on all the good cylinders online. So I guess for, to kind of wrap things up here, Emily, is there any advice that you would share for perhaps like a young ed tech startup or, you know, also just, you know, a brand who may also be in the VR space when it comes to, you know really positioning or branding your solution to again this this next generation of you know technology consumers and and also like those organizations who may not realize that impact yet as well
0: yeah absolutely Um, to the ed tech startups and my CEO, um, has some content online where he speaks a lot about, you know, kind of some future predictions, some advice giving there. So definitely would be worth checking out Doug Donovan. Um, but I would say two things. One, one of the things that Doug did early on was he went after certifications. He went after licensing. He went after accreditation. We're DOL recognized. We're partnered with Nate. We're, um, accredited. All of the things that take a long time, but put You really far ahead of the competition. Take those things seriously early on, and you will thank yourself when you know you have 10 competitors kind of chasing your tail. Um, The second thing that I would say in in terms of like branding and positioning to those companies is don't let the fact that you work in ed tech mean that you have to be boring or you have to be solely focused on academia and you can't be um, an interesting, personable humorous, lifelike brand, because it's just not the case. And especially when you combine education and technology, you're speaking to a very specific audience who wants to see that personality. Um, It does bum me out sometimes when I go to these ed tech websites and I'm like, you read like Harvard Law School. And I'm like, I promise you that your buyers are going to be okay if you speak to them like they're real human beings who are just wanting to learn more about your product. Um, so that's a big thing for us. It's something that we tread lightly on because of course we want to be um credible and we want to be um knowledgeable, but we also understand that we need to incorporate some brand and personality into I mean, I'm sorry, we have we need to incorporate some humor and personality into our brand. Um and then the the second part of that VR companies, oh man, that one is is tough to say because that's so it's so wide, but um I mean a, there's a really big power in proof of concept in VR, really highlighting what it looks like once you get in there. Um, you can do that for really cheap you can do that really affordably by just recording when you're in Oculus, just recording what you see. Yeah. Oculus allows you the ability to do that and then you can, you know, level that up with um with uh mixed reality videos and other ways to kind of showcase exactly what someone would see if they were in your product because I do ha- I have noticed that the proof of concept work really helps people understand what they would be getting if they were to put on that headset. And then I think the second thing I would say is include resources that make it easy to understand, include, you know, um, download guides, include res- uh, buyer guides, include Implementation resources so that a user doesn't just buy their headset, download your app, and then feel stuck and feel like they don't understand where to go next and how to use it. And do I use my triggers or do I use my buttons? And what's the joystick for? Because it's different on every application. And I think it's really crucial that VR providers um, make that knowledge accessible, or you're just not going to see adoption post-sale. So I, I mm-hmm. think that that would be my you know juvenile Great, but- works in marketing but has an interest <laughs> advice. <laughs>
1: oh, that's awesome thank you so much emily um this has been really helpful and just really valuable because um you know vr is so new like i i read online that um i think snoop dog bought some virtual land in the meta and now yeah. the property around him is like now inflating and uh to think that you guys are like in this space at such a good time i'm, I'm super excited to see like what's next and just making learning like fun and and just so much more powerful than it's ever been. So I thank you so much for for your advice here. But um, I guess for anyone out there listening who wants to like learn more about like what you guys do or pick your brain about certain things, where's the best place to find you?
0: Yeah, so we're on um, interplaylearning.com. That's going to be the best place to find all of the information regarding our courses, who we serve, what we offer. Um, we're also on all of the major social media platforms. You can find us everywhere, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Google, or Facebook. I keep wanting to say Google. Um, and then lastly, um, like I said before, our CEO, Doug Donovan, um, he has a few things out there where he speaks really highly about VR and gives a lot more thorough and conscious advice about it so i'm um, definitely worth looking him up as well
1: awesome well emily thank you so much for your time today we really appreciate it feel free to connect with her on linkedin everyone if anyone's out there listening and then interplay does offer a free trial correct or if someone has an oculus that's listening to this podcast and just wants to give it a try um, they can just go to your website right interplay.learning.com
0: interplaylearning.com. Yep. Right when you get there, um, you're going to see see plans. Follow that link. You'll get to our free trial pages. If you get lost, we do have a chat bot. Always happy to, happy to help. Um, and I will also say that once you do get your free trial started, go to our website and find our VR download guide because that's where all the instructions are going to be and <laughs> it's going to make it really easy for you.
1: <laughs> awesome. Emily, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and we will catch you all on the next one.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. It was fun.
1: Thanks for listening to the EdTech Marketing Podcast with your host, Mateo
0: Elvira. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to help grow your edtech audience. If you're keen to see these ideas can be applied in the real world, join us on the next week's episode. As always, you can head over to elvira.media to learn more about our digital marketing services for edtech brands. That's all for this episode, folks. See you
1: next time.